born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So one of the things that we are going to talk about this morning is a little subject called prayer. Now, I know you know everything there is about prayer. You, you know it all. There's nothing I can tell you about prayer you don't know it And if I say, well, what is prayer? Well, John R. Rice wrote a book called Prayer is Asking and Receiving. Boy, doesn't that sound simple? Asking and Receiving. He wrote a little book. I've had it for over 44 years. Prayer, Asking and Receiving. I don't know if they have it in a bookstore, but this is a, was a very good book. Is loaded with a lot of little jewels, a lot of stories. You know, God's people who have a, a hard time in life. And so God says in his word that it's designed for a reason. So that you and I will go to the Lord and ask the Lord and, and he shall answer your prayers. So I want you to take your Bible and very quickly turn there with me to the book of James the book of James and chapter 1. James chapter 1. And look there at verse 2. This is a good verse. Says my brethren. Talking to believers. My brethren count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptation. That alone is contrary to the human nature. Do you count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of testings and temptations? I don't think so. Most people don't. But it all depends on your perspective. He says in verse 3, knowing this. See, the you can count it for joy if you know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God is doing all that he can to teach you and I to trust Him. Patience means we're going to trust the Lord. That's what patience is revolved about. Anger and explosion, all those things, is because we're not trusting the Lord. Because we feel that limitation of our knowledge and power, our abilities, and so uh, we become impatient because we can't make something happen the way we want it to. Patience is put it in God's hands and seeing what God can do. So he makes this statement. In verse 4, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect or complete and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. See, God wants to give to you everything that's needed 
to mature you, whatever it might be, so that you'll be complete the way God wants you to be. Now, you'll read a little bit about that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, that you'll no more be tossed to and fro that little children by every wind of doctrine that comes by, but you become solid, rock solid, because you're comparing yourself with the Lord and not with somebody else. So God gives every individual personalized attention so that he can make you the way he wants to, complete, mature, lacking nothing. So by the time you get ready to go home to be with the Lord, you might even be the way you're supposed to be, except for getting rid of that old nature that you got. But look what he says in verse 5. You ought to underline the first word. The word if, it means that um, you do. If any of you lack wisdom, and you do, let him ask of God. So if you follow the sequence down through here, you will see that there are things that God allows into your life that gets you to see that you're lacking something, and you'll go to the Lord so that you will get what you need. Because God's the one that knows what you need. And so he's working in your life to put certain ingredients into your life because he knows what he's trying to make out of your life. And so um, it's a good verse. In verse 6, let him ask in faith. It means believing God, trusting God. That you know that God has something that's beyond you. And that he will work out whatever God wants to. And all God wants you to do is just, are you willing to accept it? Can you accept it even though you don't know what it is? But you know it's best because you honestly believe that he loves you. Now, in this little book, I read it years ago. It was really encouraging to me. I don't agree with everything John R. Rice says. Uh, there was things that he would say on the gospel that I thought was really off the wall. But that doesn't mean the man didn't know the Lord or that God hadn't taught him some valuable lessons. He says, why pray? Another chapter, prayer is asking. The answer to prayer is receiving. Praying for daily bread, asking bread for sinners, praying for healing, praying for anything and everything you want, praying in the will of God, definite praying, have faith in God, just pray, praying through. Why fast and pray? Big prayers to an almighty God. Does God work miracles today? Hindrances to prayer, the sin of prayerlessness. Did you know that it's a sin not to pray? Samuel made that statement, Second Samuel, where it says that I will not sin against you by not praying for you. So you and I have a responsibility. That's what God says to do. When he says pray for one another, you know that's a command. That's what God wants us to do. You say, well, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do it. Just pray. So here in your notes, I want you to look at the statement. E.M. Bounds, and I, I must have 10 or 15 books by him on prayer. <laughs> it's incredible. You would think there's nothing else you can say about prayer. And he finds another way to say something more about prayer. And uh, I cannot digest all of his stuff. 
But God has given him an insight into things. And sometimes, you know, a, one person, they, they hone in on, all they want is evangelism. Another guy, all they want to talk about is, uh, is just, you know, prophecy, prophecy. Somebody else, it's prayer. But most people have, I guess you could say, a little hobby horse. And you'll ride it to death. And at the exclusion of a lot of other things. The Apostle Paul says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, I want to teach you everything that's in the book. My goal is I'd like to teach on a lot of different things. I don't like to write one thing all the time. Though I always like the gospel to be clear and weave it through just about everything I say on making the gospel and service separate so that you can understand that. Which I think is what God wants us to do. But prayer is something that should be at the forefront of every individual, every Christian. Because that is where you determine your relationship between you and God. See, people might pray for you, but there's things that God wants you to do personally. He wants you to come to Him, and so there's things that He will put into your life because of what He wants. I'll just read this a little bit here. It says, Prayer is not a little habit pinned on to us while we were tied to our mother's apron string. Neither is it a little decent, decent quarter of a minute's grace set over an hour's dinner. You know where you say you about 10 seconds of grace and you, you eat for an hour? Well, that's about the way it goes. It engages more of time and appetite than our long, longest dinings and richest feast. Take your Bible and look there in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I want you to see these three words in verse 7. These three words. Chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, seek, and knock. That is putting you on the spot. That's what you do. You don't just sit back and just expect God to do whatever it is. God, whatever you want to do, just do it. Here I am. There's things God wants you to do. He wants you to ask. He wants you to seek, and he wants you to knock. That's how you find things. I uh, was one time uh, working on the church up there in Georgia, and I, I lost my wallet. And I couldn't find my wallet anywhere. And what really bothered me is I had almost $500 in my wallet. And then I come to the conclusion, well, the last time I saw my wallet, well, I was digging on one end of the church because we had a, a water problem and the, the preacher is going to solve this problem. We don't need a plumber. I can fix it. I didn't have James. So I had to do it by myself. And so I got it. I dug and I was hot and sweated. I'm getting down in there and I've got mud and mud everywhere and muddy water. And I finally got down to the pipe, and I had to try to bucket out some of the water so that I could get down to this thing and get it cleaned off. And I finally found that got to try to get it fixed. And then I'm, I'm wallowing around in all this junk. I was muddy from head to toe. It wasn't the happiest moment of my life. Have you ever bit off more than you can chew and think, I shouldn't have done this? But it's too late. Now you've got to get through it. And I remembered, I bet my wallet is down in that hole. So now I've got to try to find my wallet. So I dug up some stuff again. And I went through again. And I could not find my wallet anywhere. I still believe somewhere in that mud, under one of those pipes, 
There's a wallet with $500 in it. The church felt a lot of sympathy for me. They could feel my pain. They said, we'll pray for you to find it. I never did get that $500. Some things just don't work out. I even asked the Lord and prayed. But over the years, I'm sure God has given me $500 more over the years. So sometimes you lose a little bit here, but God will give it back. But you never know when or you don't know how. So anyway, there's a few things I wanted to share with you. And if you'll notice in that verse 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But sometimes, see, we just ask one time. If I don't get it, we quit. Ah, didn't get it. I quit. Seek. Oh, well, I didn't find it. I quit. What I can't stand is I go to the closet and I'm looking for a particular shirt or sweater or pair of pants. And I go through everything. It's not there. Betty says, what are you doing? I says, I can't find it. It's not there. She says, it's there. I said, it's not there. She says, it's, it's there. It's not there. And every time she'll walk right into that closet and she'll take it right off the thing. It wasn't there a minute ago. But she, all the time. And I don't know why, but I can't see it. I don't see it. But she sees things that are unseeable. I think there's a spook that lives in our house. You know, somebody's doing something, moving things. Sometimes I think over here with this board, we'll have it all set up, everything's right. And you know, you can go from one week to the next and nobody touch it. There's ghosts that live here in this church. And they will, they got to be ghosts that living around here. Haven't you ever thought about that sometimes at your house? Now, who moved that? And there ain't nobody else there but you. And you can't remember how things like that happen. And look in verse 8. Everyone, you ought to underline that in your Bible. Everyone that asketh, receive it. Now, this is Jesus Christ, God who made the heavens and the earth. And he's encouraging us. He wants us. He wants you to come to him and ask him for things. But you see, you have to know the will of God. What you're asking for and the reason you ask for it. Because I believe our Heavenly Father wants to give to us more than what we're willing to ask Him for. Sometimes we just don't believe. It's kind of like this woman one day. And she would take the dishwater and she would open up the kitchen window and she would just throw it out. Well, it would hit that tree and then splash back in on it. But it was surely than having to go all the way outside. So she heard about this and so she said, Lord, I want that tree to be moved. I don't want it there anymore. So she finished doing her dishes and she didn't even want to look. She knew God had answered her prayer. She opened up the one and she took that thing and she threw it out and that water splashed right back in on She said, just like I thought. Just like I thought. Now, did she really believe? Just like I thought. In other words, sometimes you really don't believe God's going to do certain things. God knows. 
He says, be it unto you according to your faith. See, God knows whenever you're really trusting him and when you're really not trusting him. Look at the next verse in your notes there where it has John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Oh, this is a loaded verse. And verse 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask. Remember, it's not that God says, I know what you need and you don't have to ask. No, God says, I want you to ask me. Whatsoever ye shall ask, and get this, there's the key, in my name. It means for his honor and for his glory. It's for his work. It's for what God left you here to do. And therefore, you have to discern the things that you ask for and what is it, what's the purpose of it. Is it because it's something that God wants me to have because of the work God wants me to do? Look what he says. In my name, and you ought to underline this, that will I do. Boy, that's positive. That's enough to scare you. So whenever you experiment with God, sometimes you find out that um, you're, you're looking for ways to prove whether or not will it work or will it not work. It's like turning on the lights switch and seeing if the lights come on. And you assume, well, of course they're going to come on. But whenever it doesn't come on, you think there's got to be a reason. And maybe there's a breaker that you need to flip. Maybe the light bulb is out. So it means you've got to fix something. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the switch. There's nothing wrong in the asking, but there might be something that's not right in your life. Something else that needs to be corrected in order for God to get that light to come on. So that's what he's doing in your life. See, God wants you to ask for things, and then if you don't get the first thing you'll ask is, I wonder why not. Is there anything in my life that could cause God not to hear or to answer my prayer. So you see, it causes you to examine yourself. You see, you turn on the flashlight and turn it on whatever it is that you want. So Lord, this, this is what I want. And then you turn the flashlight over and shine it on yourself. Now, what can I do that God would expect me to do to get me to whatever it is I want. Or do I just expect God, would you go get that for me? And God says, I gave you two legs, eyes, hands, a brain. That's something you can do. So God can enable you to have the strength and the grace that you need to get whatever it is you want. But sometimes people are just plain lazy. They want everything given to them on the silver platter, and it doesn't work that way, not with the Lord. And look at the last part of this verse, where it has, that the Father, that the Father may be glorified. So the reason that we can ask and receive is because God wants the Father glorified, because God wants you to give Him the praise, the honor, and the glory that's due Him. And sometimes God knows that you're not going to give him the praise, the honor, and the glory because your motive isn't right or your heart isn't right. And therefore, it seems like God either doesn't hear my prayers because God is also, he knows all these other things that he answered for you and you never thanked him for. And so the Lord knows the future. 
And there's lessons that God has for us to learn. Do you really thank the Lord for what you already have? Remember the other day I was talking to you about, what if we only had tomorrow what we told the Lord we were thankful for today? We may not have much tomorrow because most people just take what they have for granted. Do you ever thank the Lord for your health? You know, I thank the Lord. He knows. I thank the Lord every day. I say, Lord, thank you for our health. Thank you for our health. Because you know how quickly you can lose your health. It don't take much. We are very fragile individuals. It don't take much for us to get hurt or to get sick, to lose things in this life. And uh, so there's a lot of lessons for us. Look at the next verse. If ye shall ask anything in my name, that means it would be for him, for his honor, for his glory. To do what God wants you to do, he says, I will do it. Now, he's talking to his disciples, yes, we know, but we can learn a lot of principles from these things that he says to them. Look at the next verse. John 15 and verse 7. He says, if ye abide in me. But you see that word, if? That means that this is conditional. It's conditional upon you abiding in him. And my words abide in you. Not only that you know what the word of God says, and that you know the will of God, is that you do the will of God. To abide in him means to serve him. Doesn't mean to, I'm, I'm saved, just because I'm saved. No, those who abide in him. You learn the word of God and you live there. And you are obedient to do whatever God wants you to do with your life. He says, if you do, and my words abide in you. You see, you can't isolate this verse from the other verses because, you see, the word of God can't contradict itself. And so there are conditions that God puts upon certain things. I am saved and I'm going to heaven if I believe on Christ. So I did that, so I get this. When he says, you can have this if you do this. But a lot of people don't believe, and they don't do everything God says. You see, these are the conditions upon which you can ask God, and God becomes obligated to keep his word. So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So it's not just a blanket statement to anybody that just do whatever you want to do. No, you've got to live a holy life, a godly life. This is to those who are maturing in the Lord. This is to those who want to walk with God and they want the best that God has for them. And so a lot of times, see, God will allow things to come in your life because he wants you to mature and to grow. And as you get older and wiser, you become more careful about what you pray for. I wouldn't mind. Lord, give me a million dollars. The Lord says, why? You know, I don't even ask the Lord for a million dollars anymore. It won't go that far. I asked for $10 million. No. You want that pink Cadillac? My wife, the other day, she says, what kind of a car is that? I said, let me get a little bit closer. I'll get a little bit closer. I said, that's a Jaguar. She said, that's pretty. We're driving on another road on another day. She said, what kind of car is that over there? I said, that's a Jaguar. She said, boy, those are pretty, ain't they? She has a rich taste. You ever seen people who have a rich taste? So now she's got me looking at the Jaguar. 
and it's going to have to be about 40 years old, you know, bald tires. I said, honey, you're riding around in a, a Mercedes now. Even though it's 16 years old and got 215,000 miles on it, so what? It still runs. <laughs> you know, a guy can get in the car and just run it until it don't run no more. But uh, I says, I know a guy that has a Jaguar. Gary Steffen. Somewhere along the line, he, he, he got him one of those Jaguars. He doesn't ever mention it because he doesn't want you to know how rich he is. I don't even know. Have I ever rode in it yet, Gary? I did. First time we met, I rode in that thing. I think I did, yeah. Nice car. But anyway, now that, see, the Lord knows my wife's prayer and desire. He just liable to use Gary to answer her prayer. I'm just, I'm just joshing, no. Number one, she likes the car she has, and I like the car I got, and I like the car she has, and that's all she's going to get. But anyway, as we're moving right along. In John 16, 24, it says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. In other words, it's for your joy. Did you know that God says he has freely given us all things to enjoy? That this life, the life, the world, is designed for us to really enjoy. God wants us to enjoy life. And sometimes we don't stop long enough to enjoy the world. I'll have to admit, in the beginning years of my ministry, I, I hated to take off a day to do anything. Because I just, I loved doing what I was doing. I enjoyed that. And I believe probably to the expense of, I could have spent more time with my wife and my kids, but I don't know why they couldn't have enjoyed what I was doing. You know, sitting in the office, working on the computer, getting all these things done. But there's another life to live, and sometimes we neglect. And I think sometimes, boy, I wish I could just go back and read, live some of those things, and I might be able to make wiser decisions. But when you're going through it the first time, you say you don't see a lot of those things. Not until you get 30, 40 years on down the road, and then you say, hey, you know, I could have done better. I, that, that wasn't the best decision I ever made. And so there's things that we need to enjoy as you go, because you see, I, I, I know some people that couldn't wait until they got 62 years old so they could retire. And when they finally got 62 and retired, they died. They died. Betty's dad had just gone to the doctor and got a clean bill of health. He was in great shape. He was 59. 60, he died of a heart attack. Just like that. And Dr. Curtis Hudson, he finally got to be 60 and told me he got six months to live. I think he was 62 or so, passed away. So maybe you need to always have something that you're doing, always something that you're working toward, a goal, a purpose, you know. Even if you retire, there's still got to be something that you reach for. But anyway, look there in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 in your notes there. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, there is a possibility 
that when they spake the word of God with boldness, that could have been their prayer. That could have been the fulfillment of their prayer. Because the scriptures talked about that I may preach the word of God and teach the word of God and speak the word of God with boldness. So it's a prayer, but then the fulfillment of it. So do you pray that you'll make wise decisions? Well, then that means you study the word of God so that you'll have the knowledge, the discernment to make wiser decisions. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, One day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.